ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد الحمد لله على نعمه الاسلام والسنه all praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the sunnah alhamdulillah we are some days away from ramadan we ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he allows each and every one of us to live to see another Ramadan and to benefit tremendously from another Ramadan ameen this month of Ramadan is a month that is not like other months this is a month wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has revealed the Quran Allah ta'ala he says شهر رمضان the month of Ramadan الذي أنزل فيه القرآن where the Quran was revealed so Ramadan is not like other months due to the fact that the Quran was revealed in Ramadan and this is of extreme importance and has a very big impact on the life of the believer likewise as it comes in a hadith an anas bin malik radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qal he said qur rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said hada ramadan qad ja he said this ramadan this is ramadan it has come tuftahu fihi abwab al-jannah the gates or the doors of jannah they are opened inside of this month of Ramadan wa tughlaqu fihi abwabun nar and the gates or the doors of the fire they are closed in Ramadan so Ramadan has some characteristics that are specific unto it which shows its superiority the Quran was revealed the doors of Jannah they are opened the gates 
of the fire are closed and the shaitan is locked up so those are four specific things that are specifically related to Ramadan that highlight the superiority of Ramadan so Ramadan is a time frame that is not like any other time frame of the year because what was revealed inside of the month of Ramadan the Quran in the month of Ramadan which gates are open Jannah which gates are closed Jahannam who's locked up the shaitan so this is a very special time period the prophet he explained to us in another hadith which brings some addition and brings us some more information about this month of ramadan and this is and Abi Huraira radiyallahu ta'ala anhu on the authority of Abu Huraira radiyallahu ta'ala anhu قال, he said قال Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said إِذَا كَانَ أَوْلُ لَيْلَةِ مَنْ شَحْرَ Ramadan then when it is the first night from the month of Ramadan so already now what is an additional fact that we learn about the month of Ramadan is that certain things happen when? When in Ramadan? Third, fourth, fifth, sixth, which night? First night. So we learn now that on the first night of Ramadan, some things, they happen. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, That the shayateen, they are locked up. The shayateen, they are locked up. Now, and then the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Maradatul Jinn and the the strong evil jinn are locked up inside of Ramadan. This is brings us more information. Now and the doors of the fire are closed. Falam Minha Babun and there is no door opened. From them, the doors of the uh, of of, of uh, the fire, they're closed, and not a single one is opened. Now, so this is so as to emphasize the fact that the doors are closed to the fire, and not a single one is open. There's no exceptions; they're all closed. Now, and the gates of Jannah are opened. Now, and there is not a single door from the doors of Jannah that are closed. So the doors of Jannah, they're open and not a single one is closed. So this is an emphasis showing us that what? The doors of Jannah are open and there's not a single door that is closed. They're all open. And a caller calls out. Individual, O oh, you who intend good, O oh, you who are looking for good, come forward. Oh, you who are looking for good, come, come forward. Now, and O you doer of evil, or the one who was looking to do evil, 
then refrain. Refrain. Now, this is some new information or different information. This is new information. Now, that a caller calls out, oh, you who intends good, come forward. Meaning, come forward, work hard, do work, excel, put forth massive amounts of energy, and doing good. Because this is the time to do good. Now, and oh, you who intend evil, then refrain. Stop. Don't do it. Why? Because this is not that time. No time is the time, right? But especially not this time. This time where the gates of Jannah are opened, the gates of the fire are closed, the shaitan and the shayateen are locked up. Now, this is not the time to be doing evil. This is the time for good. Also, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, وَلِلَّهِ اُرْتَقَى مِنَ النَّارِ وَذَلِكَ كُلُّ لَيْلَةِ And that, for Allah, there are those whom he emancipates from the fire. These are those who are emancipated from the fire. Now, meaning, what do we understand from that? Meaning that what? They will go into the fire. They will go into the fire. But Allah forgave them, pardoned them. So they don't have to go to the fire. So prior to this, they would have to have gone to the fire. But Allah emancipated them. He pardoned them. So now they don't have to go to the fire. And this happens when? Every night in Ramadan. Every night in Ramadan, people are pardoned. So this is a time frame because we want to be from those who are pardoned from the fire. This is a time frame where that happens. And it happens when? Every night. So this is an encouragement for us to take advantage by striving hard to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because we want to be from those who are emancipated and freed from having to go to the fire in the month of Ramadan. Now, we want to be on that list of those who don't have to go. So this is a time frame, not like in a time frame. So that re reinforces the fact that this is a time that, yes... We are to strive in doing good and stay away from doing evil. Sam, that makes sense. Like, in another narration, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, "Qad jaa'akum Ramadan. Ramadan has come. Shahrun mubarakun. It is a month that is blessed. Nam." But is there new information in this portion so far? Yes or no? Hmm? Yeah. Yes. Is that what it has been described as? Blessed. Naam. So it's been described that this is a blessed month. Naam. Aftaradallahu alaykum siyamaha al siyamahu. Afwan. Naam. That Allah Ta'ala, He has made it obligatory upon you to fast the month. Naam, that is obligatory upon us to fast in Ramadan. Is this new or old information? This is new information. That we have to fast in Ramadan, right? Because prior to this part, or prior to this point, in the other two narrations, it wasn't mentioned specifically that we fast in Ramadan. That it was made obligatory upon us to fast in Ramadan. So it is obligatory upon us to fast in Ramadan. Naam. Tuftahu fihi abu'abul jannah. The doors of the Jannah are opened. 
Is this new or old? Old. We heard this one already, right? We already benefited from this point. Jahim And the gates of Jahim, the blazing fire, they are closed. New or old? Old. They came in the other narrations, right? Uh, and the shayateen, they are shackled in. New or old? Old in concept, but there are some benefits in the different words that are used to describe how the shayateen are, 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 are chained up and locked up and shackled. Now, but that's, yeah, that's, another, <laughs> that's another time. But in general, the concept about the shayateen being locked up, now, we know the shayateen are locked up. وَفِيهِ لَيْلَةٌ خَيْرٌ مِنْ أَلْفِ شَهْرٍ and in it, there is a night that is better than a thousand months. New or old? It's new. That didn't come in other narrations. Now, then the Prophet said, Man Whoever is deprived from it, yani it's good. Whoever is deprived from his benefit, then verily he is deprived. New or old? That's new. Now, in any event, this is tremendous. Whoever is deprived of benefiting in Ramadan, they are deprived for real. One thing that I want to just highlight is that we see from these narrations that what? That you're not going to be able to know it all from one text. Not at all. So, it's easy to understand that we cannot make a ruling definitively based on one text. But rather, what do we need? All of the texts that speak about that subject in order to be able to come to a definitive conclusion and ruling as relates to that particular topic. And this is something that the ulama, they point out over and over and over again, constantly. Shaykh al-Bani, rahimahullah ta'ala, he used to mention this over and over again. Why? So as to show people that you can't just read one narration and say, okay, that's the whole story. Man, because many people do that. They read one thing and say, no, it's like this, because. No. You have to study the religion. You have to look intensively and extensively at each topic and the narrations that come as relates to that topic because when you bring them all together it will add layer and layer and layer and layer of good one on top of each other so that you can better understand whereas to look at it from one way and then to make it as if it is black and white then of course this is a recipe for disaster and this happens all the time especially when people they are self-learnt and they do not Go back to the people of knowledge to understand properly. They're going to come up short. Now, they're going to come up short. I'll give you a real life example of this. Now, that those who know, know, and those who don't, you're about to find out. But in any event, it is what it is. It happened, real life, right? There was an individual who fell into a dispute as relates to a particular affair. Now, and their response was, I read Sahih al-Bukhari. I know what I'm talking about. Ya subhanallah. Is that possible? <laughs> I read Sahih al-Bukhari. I know what I'm talking about. Definitively. Right? And it wasn't as if 
this was an individual that had memorized Sahih al-Bukhari. He said he read it. Allahu a'lam. But he couldn't quote to you what hadith he was talking about. That just, yeah, just established his credibility. I read it, so trust everything else I say. Okay, already now we understand. I'm not going to trust anything you say. Because it's not like that. It's not like that. Sahih al-Bukhari, na'am. It has many of the hadith as relates to every topic in the deen of al-Islam. But not all of them. There are hadith that are in Bukhari that are authentic, uh, that, that are not in Muslim and vice versa. There are hadith that are in other books of collection of hadith that are authentic that are not in it. Sahih al-Bukhari. So what do we say now? These other hadith that are authentic, we don't need them. You can, because we have, no, you need them all so you can understand properly. Now, you need them all so you can understand properly. You can understand properly the, where there is flexibility. You can understand properly when there is nuances. You can understand properly when it is not black and white and so on and so forth. Now, this is something that is well known. In any event, it is incumbent and it is important that we strive to go back to the people of now. And also, what was, what was a problem? He said, I read Sahil Bukhari, so trust me. No, my brother. <laughs> I couldn't trust you because you read it. Based who uh, who understanding who taught you that the, the meaning of what you believe that you understand the, the meanings to have mean meant that. Based on whose understanding, man. Obviously, it was based upon his understanding, because of what he was saying was so contrary to the Sunnah that, you know, the the. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? The uh, the malfunction was with him, obviously, right? So, so you can't say, oh, but no, based on whose understanding? Because if it's not in accordance to the understanding of the Sahaba, then you're wrong. I don't care who says otherwise, man. Because the Sahaba they understood the Deen the best. Not just that. But whatever we know from the deen, because they taught the following generations. So how would it be conceivable that we'll say that we found something that they didn't know about? Not as it relates to the deen. Not as it relates to the deen. If you're talking about a new app that just came out on your cell phone, okay, we'll give you that, no problem. But that don't mean nothing in reality, right? As they say, that has nothing to do with the price of tea in China. No problem. We're talking about the matters of the religion. You're not going to find something about the religion that points to good that Abu Bakr didn't know about. That Umar didn't know about. That Uthman didn't know about. That Ali didn't know about. That the Sahaba in general didn't know about. You're not going to beat them to doing something good. If there was any, any type of good, they would have already beaten us in doing it. So there is nothing that from good, meaning as relates to the religion, Except they beat us in doing it. Now, anything that you, in theory, because you know some people always want to, well, theoretically, brother, I have a recipe, maybe they know about that spice. Okay, so what? That don't, what, what does that mean? You, you had some dish they, they didn't eat. Okay, and that makes you what? Nothing. You just taste something they didn't taste. Okay. But they were guaranteed Jannah. The Prophet said to me, said, Abu Bakr fil Jannah. Umar fil Jannah, Uthman fil Jannah, Ali fil Jannah, to the end of the hadith. But 
unless you go to Jannah, trust me, they're going to eat what you can never even imagine. Right? So we have to be upon their way. There's no other way around it. Why? Because they were the shining example of how you obey Allah and His Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They were the best to have done it. And I, and I really want to stress that point. They were the best to have done it. Not the four Imams. Not Imam Malik. Not Imam Abu Hanifa. Not Imam Shafi'i. Not Imam Ahmed. The Sahaba. The reason that these four Imams reached the status that they reached because they strove so hard. They tried so hard and with such great effort to be upon the way of the Sahaba. Naam? Do we, do we understand that? Because I don't want anyone to come back and say, oh, he's saying they're not, they don't have an excellent and outstanding status. No, they do. Because they strived hard to be upon the way of the Sahaba. So it was their knowledge, right? Their knowledge and their implementing by striving to be upon that which the, which was the Sahaba were upon. This is, and then of course, the patience and so on and so forth. This is how they achieve what they achieve. But you're not going to achieve the likes of these ranks and you contradict the Sahaba. No, you won't be famous. You'll be infamous. There are plenty of people that are infamous from the people of innovation that have gone, you know, so far in their, in their innovation. But that's not the list you want to be upon. No, not at all. So in any event, the Tabirun, they have their status because they follow Sahaba. The Atbat Tabi'een had their status because they followed the Tabi'een who followed Sahaba, so on and so forth. Now, that makes sense? So, if we're going to benefit, and I'm saying all that to bring it home, this is what I'm trying to say. If we truly are going to take advantage and benefit from Ramadan, then we have to mold what we do upon the Quran and the Sunnah as understood by the Sahaba. Naam, that's the only way that we're going to be able to truly capitalize on Ramadan. Ramadan also shows us the superiority of Ramadan. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, "Man sama Ramadan imanan wahtisaban, gufra lahu ma taqaddar min dhambi." That whoever fast Ramadan out of iman and anticipation of the reward, then they will have their previous sins forgiven. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam notice from hadith of Abu Huraira that has been collected in Bukhari Muslim. The Prophet Sallallahu said, وَمَنْ قَامَ رَمَضَانِ إِيمَانًا وَحْتِسَابًا غُفْرَ لَهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِ And whoever stands the night of Ramadan out of Iman and anticipation of the reward, then he will have his previous sins forgiven. Naam. Tayyip. Standing meaning they pray. They pray in Ramadan. Tarawih. Naam. Qiyamul Layl. Tarawih in Ramadan. They pray it. Okay, may I ask you this? And it's a serious question. You know, although it may sound absurd, it's a serious question. Do you think that you will be eligible to receive this reward if you prayed? This is a scenario. You prayed Tarawih every night in Ramadan. Right? You with me so far? Okay. You prayed Tarawih every night in Ramadan. But you missed some of your obligatory prayers in Ramadan. Do you think you'll be eligible to be have all your previous sins forgiven? Meaning from the minor sins? Huh? No. Not at all. If you're not doing the basics, the rest is irrelevant. Correct? 
It's like an individual coming and saying, brother, we got the, the, the chandelier so beautiful. The, the yeah, the, uh, what do you call them things? The, 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 the tiles you put on the roof? What are them thing called? The shillings? Shingles. Now, shilling is hey, some money, whatever. <laughs> but, right, so, right. You know, we had the best, the chimney is outstanding, and so on and so forth. But then you come and you say, but we, we didn't pour the foundation. We don't have any wall. We don't have nothing. You know, there's no floor. So if you have no floor, what worry about it? Your, your roof for? You have the best paint ever, but you have no walls. So we're going to put it on. We have the, the windows are so outstanding, but you didn't build the structure. So we're going to put the What are you talking about? You're talking about decorating something that's not built? Makes no sense. It's like having a whole bunch of icing and sprinkles, and but you have no cake. You want to eat ices, icing and sprinkles and no cake? The children like that, <laughs> maybe. But, you know, anybody else? No. You got to have the basics. So if we want to truly benefit, then we have to establish the obligations. We have to establish our daily prayers. We have to establish the five prayers every day. If you don't do that, you're not going to be able to benefit from Ramadan. Not at all. If you don't do that, the Ramadan they mentioned, that for the one who does not pray, his fast doesn't count. His fast doesn't count. So he can't even get the first one. Whoever fasts Ramadan out of Iman or Hadisabah. Nope. Ineligible. You don't pray five times a day, you can pray Tarawih. It's fine. You're still in, 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 uh, ineligible. Now, and it's important that that is pointed out only because you do have Muslims that don't understand uh, this, this reality. I had a Muslim tell me one time, um, granted, I don't pray all of my five prayers, but I make sure I pray Witr every night. That's what they told me, and they were happy about that. That helped them sleep better because they pray Witr every night. Try to explain to them, but you don't you know, establish your, 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 your five daily prayers, your, your obligatory prayers. What do you think Witr is going to benefit you? In any event, the Prophet whoever stands the night of Qadr out of Iman and anticipation of the reward, then all of his previous sins are forgiven, meaning from what? The minor sins. All of his minor sins are forgiven. Now, if you don't establish the five daily prayers, you're not eligible for this. And this night is better than what? How many months? Thousand. Whoever is deprived is deprived, real for real. Naam. So being deprived is not an option. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is so much more. Inshallah ta'ala bring one one narration. Uh, Jibreel alayhi salam he came to the Prophet because one time the Prophet sallam he he was with the Sahaba. He stood up on the minbar on the first step. He said Amin. Then he stood on the second step. He said Amin. He said in the third step, he said, Amin. So the Sahaba, they were taken aback. They didn't understand what was going on. So when they asked, and the Prophet Sallallahu he explained, he said, Atani Jibreel, alayhi salam. He said, Jibreel came to me. Faqala ya Muhammad. He said, Oh Muhammad, man adraka ahda waliday, famat, fadakhl al-nar, fa'abadahu Allah. Who said, whoever meets one of his parents, and then he dies, and he still has to go to the fire, may Allah make him far away. May Allah put him far away. Now, which shows us what the importance of the parents, how treating our parents good is, a, is, 
is a must. If you truly have a concern for yourself, we have to be dutiful to our parents and we have to extend to them treatment that we wouldn't extend to other people. Why? Because they are parents. Man. So their right upon us is great. And, and being dutiful to them is one of the best deeds we can do to draw near unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In any event, Jibreel alayhi salam, he made this dua. Whoever he meets one of his parents, na'am, and he dies and still has to go to the fire, then may Allah make him far away. And then Jibreel alayhi salam, he said, Qul ameen. He said, say ameen. So the Prophet sallam, he said, to ameen. So I said, ameen. Na'am. وقال يا محمد من أدرك شهر رمضان whoever رمضان meets the month of رمضان فمات فلم يغفر له فأدخل النار فأبعده الله whoever meets the month of رمضان and he dies and and he is not forgiven and he enters the fire then may Allah make him far removed put him far away رمضان came he did not benefit from it but rather he was not forgiven, he died and had to go to the fire. So he said, may Allah make him far away. Put him far away. Naam. Then he said, Qul, Ameen. Say Ameen. So the Prophet, Prophet Sallallahu he said, Faqul to Ameen. So I said, Ameen. Faqala. Then he went on to say, Man dhukira, aw man dhukirtu, indahu, falam yusalli alayka, famat, he said, and whoever you are mentioned, meaning you, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you are mentioned in his presence. And he does not say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or that which has the same meaning, alayhi salatu salam, so on and so forth, right? And he dies, and then he enters into the fire, then may he be far away. May Allah put him far away. Qul ameen, say ameen. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, so I said, Ameen. Listen to the dua. Listen to the one who's making it. Listen to the one who's saying, Ameen. You do not want to be on the wrong side of that supplication. No way. You enter the fire, may Allah make you far removed. SubhanAllah. That sounds like you can, you can get out anytime soon. Mm-hmm. That's serious. The point I want to point out is what? Two things. One is that Ramadan came, they weren't they were not forgiven. That's possible. Ramadan could come, and I don't mean you're gonna benefit from it. Some people are benefiting from it, some people are freed from the fire, but that doesn't mean that you are gonna be one of them. So it is important that we understand that this is an option that just because we live to see Ramadan does not mean we personally are going to benefit from Ramadan we need to understand this Naam? and once we have understood this then we need to understand that what that in order to benefit we have to put forth effort we have to strive hard to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to excel in doing righteousness and to stay away from doing sin, to doing evil, transgression. We have to strive because just because we live to see Ramadan does not mean we are going to benefit from, from Ramadan. And also, 
I want to highlight the fact that he said whoever dies for Matt and he dies as a reminder that we're all going to die. Sheikh Abdul Razak, Ben Sheikh Abdul Muhsin, his brother, he mentions, he says, and I want you to really listen. He says, فَكَمْ مِنْ قَرِيبٍ وَصَدِيقٍ وَصَدِيقٍ وَجَارٍ شَهِدَ مَعْنَا رَمَضَانِ الْمَاضِي he said, how many, how many relatives, friends, neighbors, witnessed last Ramadan with us? And then what happened? And then death came unto them. The time was over, and they did not live to see the next Ramadan. I want you to reflect on this. Now, for us, this should be extremely easy. Why? Because we know people that die, and with the pandemic, we may know more people that have died in this past year than maybe the year before. Now, almost everyone that I know knows one or more people that have died from COVID-19. Now, there have been mashaykh that have passed away from COVID-19. Rahimahumullahu ta'ala. Now, <laughs> there have been mashaykh who have passed away from COVID-19. And there have been people who have died from other ways. I want you to listen to what the shaykh he mentions. He says, So we have to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on what He has blessed us with to meet this month. Now, and we ask Allah ta'ala to make us those who meet the month. Obviously, He did this at a time where the, uh, it was in Ramadan. Now, and then he mentioned, he says, How do we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for reaching the month? Is that we benefit and take advantage from the time. That we take advantage from the time. And I want you to really reflect on this. Because how many people, they leave their homes... And they never return. How many people will button up their thawb or zip up their trousers just to have them unbuttoned and unzipped by the person who is washing their dead body? How many people put on their clothes to have their clothes removed from them by the people who are washing their dead body? How many people leave not thinking about death and death comes to them? Now, death is from the, yeah, and excuse me, a sudden death. This is one of the signs of the hour is that sudden, sudden death will increase. Sudden death will increase. People will die like that. 
They weren't sick. They didn't have any ailments. They didn't die from yeah, any uh, uh, complications from an injury. No, for all intent purposes, they were healthy. They were fine. And then they dropped that aneurysm. They didn't know. Or they're sitting in traffic. Car comes. T-bones them. Gone. They may touch a wire. High voltage electricity. Gone. They hear some thunder in the distance. Lightning strikes them. Gone. They fall. They, they, they walk, trip, fall. Gone. There was a, uh, a brother of one of the, the, the students and very close companions of mine at the time. His brother died. He fell from a distance, I believe it was like six feet. Six feet. Just fell off the stairs. Six feet. Six feet drop. And he died. He died. He didn't see it coming. And he was a teenager. And he didn't die upon his life. This guy. His brother was a Muslim. But this one, he didn't die upon his life. So death can come at any time. So knowing this reality, if we live to see Ramadan, can we afford to play around? No. Because the reality of it is, and then I want you to reflect. Allah Ta'ala, He says, قُلْ بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَرَحْمَتِهِ فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُوا he said, say, by the bounty of Allah and His mercy, with that, be happy. Rejoice. Because of that, rejoice. That Allah has guided you to Islam, guided you to the Sunnah, that you do the obligations. You try your best to stay away from sin. When you fall into sin, you ask for forgiveness. This is, this is, this is what it's about. This, with this, rejoice. Allah Ta'ala says, That's better than what you gather. That's better than your houses. It's better than your cars and your, and your, and, and your vehicles. It's better than whatever jewelry yeah, for the women and things like that they may have. It's better from whatever technology and computers and all this type of stuff you may have. It is better from all the thalbs in your closet and all the sneakers and all this. And all. It's better than all of that. The diamonds and the gold and the... And the, and the, and the, and the, and the the bounty of Allah and His mercy is better than what? Than these material things. But now I want you to think about it. What is the biggest hindrance that gets between you and fully benefiting from Ramadan? What's the biggest hindrance? The dunya. The dunya. How many of us work? And you don't got to say. You don't got to say. Because I don't want to put you on the spot. I talk about myself. If it applies to you, too, alhamdulillah, we're in the same boat. I'm not a spring chicken, right? So, when I fast and have to go to work at that 9 to 5, by the time I come home after Asr, I'm tired. I'm beat. I have to lay down and take a nap for a couple hours. Otherwise, I'm not going to make it to Yani Fatarawi. I'm not going to. I would love to have taken a nap, right? After the you know, I'm at work. Work boss man don't give me that option. Yeah? So when I get home, 
I go to sleep. I got to take a nap. What's the reason why I got to take a nap? Because I've been exhausted from what? Working. You with me? And now I'm taking that nap. I can't do what during that time? I can't make dhikr. I can't read the Quran. Yeah. I'm sleeping. Now, granted, if my intention to go to sleep is to strengthen myself to worship Allah, then I benefit. Then I benefit. Right? So, that's true. But you get the point, right? You get the point, right? You would like to have done more throughout the course of the day, but you don't. Why? Because we live in a society that they don't care about Ramadan. So it's business as usual. It's not like in the land of the Muslims. No. So what gets in between you and having yani, a Ramadan that, that, what, dunya? People make excuses. How many people don't come every night for Taraweeh? And what's the excuse? The time is really late. I got to get up early to go to work. Right or wrong? So who, so who, who in that exchange, what do they get? What do they get from that exchange? However much they make per hour or however much their salary is for them days. That's it. What do they exchange it for? Standing and praying to Allah Ta'ala in Taraweeh and how much benefit could have, they have, could have gotten from that? Is that a fair exchange? No. But what's the justification? Dunya. I got to get up early and go to work. People say it all the time. They don't even feel bad. That becomes a justification. Why do you see, I work, brother, I got to get up early. You know, I try to get it in at, at home. Right? People say that, right? <laughs> How true is it? <laughs> Inshallah, well, they, well, they wish well. But nine times out of ten, do, do they really? Yeah? Maybe. Maybe not. Some people fall asleep. Anyway. These are things to reflect on. Because... In getting ready for Ramadan, one of the best things that we could do to get ready for Ramadan is to make a resolve. I know it sounds simple, and it is, but in that simplicity, it is profound. Is that one of the best ways to prepare for Ramadan is to have a serious resolve to strive in this Ramadan more than we have ever striven in any previous Ramadan that we have that resolve we make a plan we're serious not just words of mouth not just talk but we're serious that this Ramadan we are going to try to outdo ourselves and what we have done in the in previous uh, Ramadans now so that's the prep that I want everyone to have. If you didn't walk away with anything else, then I want you to walk away knowing that this time period is not like other time periods. The good that could be gained in this time period is immense. If you miss out on it, then you are truly, you truly have missed out. You may not live to see another one. You may not live to see this one. But if you do, you better make sure you take advantage. This is what I wanted to mention. Uh,
Wassalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.